On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of God. May it find its way into our hearts and lives this morning by the power of his Holy Spirit. When you hear the word neighbor, What's the first thing that pops into your mind? For me, and I can't help it, it's just the way I was raised, it's that time, the, the culture I was brought up in, the first thing that pops into my mind is a kindly, um, tall, thin uh, Presbyterian minister named Fred Rogers. Anyone remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? He would, uh, uh, it, it always came uh, on right after, um, right after I got done with kindergarten. I, I would walk in, I would walk into my house and, uh, and, and, uh, and sit down on the carpet and turn on the TV. And it was before we got the cable box, so we had four or five or six channels, and, and PBS was one of them. And we turn it on to PBS, and, uh, and it would just be starting. And there'd be this soft piano music, and Fred Rogers would come through the door, and he'd remove his blazer, he'd put on his red cardigan, take off his work shoes, put on his tennis shoes, and he would sing, Won't you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Right? Mr. Rogers taught us that it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Well, when I was uh, 
you know, um, five or six, watching this show, the world outside my front door seemed like a scary place. But Mr. Rogers made it all seem manageable. Every week he, he introduced us to the people that made up our neighborhood, like the, the friendly policeman, like the, the mailman. And he'd take us to the library where we'd learn to, um, you know, uh, to, to draw pictures and, and, and don't worry about getting it right, just do your best. And then he'd uh, make, us, make sure we walk, look both ways as we cross the street. And then he'd take us to the park where we'd see white children and black children and Latino children and Asian children all playing, swinging together, sliding together. And we knew that it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I grew up, and that picture of the neighborhood got a little more complicated, didn't it? Got a little more scary, got a little more dark. Last October, um, there was a shooting at, a, uh, at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Uh, um, the largest attack on the Jewish community in American history. Eleven people died. Now there were a lot of things that were remarkable about that, but there were also a lot of things that were kind of unremarkable about that, right? We had two mass shootings last weekend. We've kind of gotten used to them in a way. But one thing that was remarkable about this particular shooting uh, that happened at the Tree of Life Synagogue that I just couldn't shake was that it happened uh, in a neighborhood called, called Squirrel Hill in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a neighborhood that Fred Rogers lived most of his adult life. It was a mass shooting in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. That meant something to me. That resonated with me in a way that's hard to describe. You probably feel it too. If we're honest with ourselves, sometimes it doesn't feel like a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Sometimes it feels like an ugly night in the neighborhood, doesn't it? Sometimes we look out our window and all evidence to the contrary feels dark. Because it's not these windows we're looking through, is it? It's, 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 it's our television and, and, and our tablets and our phones and, and our computer screens. And things look terrible through that window, doesn't it? And we're divided as a people, aren't we? If we're honest, we're divided. And it has to do with geography, sure. You know, we're, we're divided along lines that are uh, rural and urban. We talked about this a little bit last week, that, that it seems like uh, more and more uh, people just want to live in a neighborhood with people just like them. We ended segregation and now we're just segregating ourselves from people who might think differently and vote differently and pray differently than us. But it's not just geography. We're, we're divided along religious lines. 
there, there, there are those that, that feel like, that, like their religion, their way of life is under attack. The, 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 the values that they hold so dear, uh, that things are just changing so quickly and, and, and they can't quite keep up with it. And so we retreat to our corners. And we say, to heck with y'all. And we just kind of huddle together waiting for Jesus to come back. But but it's not just geography, it's not just religion. It's race too, isn't it? If we're honest. We know that that, that demographic changes are happening are happening in America and and are accelerating. And if we're honest, to white folk like me, sometimes that freaks us out a little bit. And this this, uh, racial tension is being stirred up by by politicians, by the news media, and and we're we're beginning to see each other more and more as, as enemies that have different values that live differently and want different things and we have trouble getting along. It's about politics too, isn't it? We used to disagree about taxes. Now it's like everything, isn't it? And it's not enough to simply disagree um, with, 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 with the person that lives next door to you that's got the different bumper stickers on his car than the bumper stickers you have on your car, they have to be the enemy. They have to be an evil, morally lacking person to vote the way they do. We used to all have Fred Rogers. We used to all have Walter Cronkite. Now we have our own TV stations that tell us whatever our own itching ears want to hear. And our attitudes towards one another have sharpened and harshened. I know you all feel it too. We we say things out loud (laughs) that we wouldn't have dreamed of saying ten years ago. We find our 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 hearts being hardened. Now, (laughs) I'm not a, a political preacher. And I'm not here to tell you what to think of all this. I'm just telling you what I see when I look out the window. And what you surely see, too. It's become an ugly night in the neighborhood. We're becoming more divided than ever. And the question, who is my neighbor? become more important than ever for us to answer. As ugly a night as it is in our neighborhood today, it was sure an ugly night in Jesus' neighborhood. You know, we think of Bible times, we see uh, the soft light and and, and, and the, the, um, the, the, the angels you know, with the gold gilded wings, and we think of it as a perfect, idyllic time. But but um, but Jesus was born into one of the the ugliest nights of human history, when the Jewish people were at their most oppressed and downtrodden. 
Yes, the Romans gave us roads, but they were also a brutally violent, oppressive people that used whatever tactic necessary to keep people under their thumb. Jesus was born into a time when the division between Jews and Samaritans were at their worst. See, a hundred years before Jesus was born, um, during uh, the Maccabean Revolt, um, uh, uh, the Jews went into Samaria, destroyed their temple, and ravaged the territory. And the year Jesus was born uh, about, uh, in response to that, a group of Samaritans went to the Jerusalem temple. And they desecrated, desecrated it by, by, uh, by, by, by scattering the bones of the dead around the temple. There's a story um, uh, in the Gospels about Jesus wanting to go to Samaria. And he sends a messenger ahead of him and, and, uh, to say, you know, we want to have a revival. We want to come here. And the message of the Samaritans is, you are not welcome here. And so they have to go the long way around to Jerusalem. Pilgrims in that day were advised, do not go through Samaria. Take the long way around if you're going to Jerusalem because they will throw things at you. They will yell at you. They will harass you. You might even be killed. It was an ugly day in Jesus' neighborhood. Deep divisions between Jews and Samaritans. It had to do with geography, because um, uh, 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 the, the Samaritans claimed, um, you know, after the reign of King David, uh, uh, the nation of Israel split into two nations: um, Israel in the north and Judah in the south. And and um, the Samaritans claimed um, the heritage of, of 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 the northern kingdom, and the Jews claimed the heritage of the southern kingdom. In the northern kingdom, they lived a rural lifestyle and, and, and looked uh, at, at the, at the, the city dwellers of the southern kingdom with suspicion. So it's about geography. It was about religion. They had different versions of the Bible. There's a, a Jewish Torah and a Samaritan Torah, and each claimed that theirs went back to Moses. They had different mountains that they worshipped on. The Jews worshipped at Mount Zion in Jerusalem. The Samaritans worshipped uh, in what they said was the original tabernacle at Mount Gerizim in Samaria. It was about race. <coughs> See, the Samaritans were those that um, when, when the Jews were exiled to Babylon, they were left behind. And, and, and out of a need for survival, they intermarried with their neighbors. And when the, when the Jews came back from Babylon, they looked at the Samaritans who had this mixed ancestry and they said, you're not really Jewish. You're not, you're not uh, pure-blooded Jews like we are. And the Samaritans asked if they could help. This is in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah. The Samaritans asked if they could help rebuild the temple. And the Jews wouldn't allow them to. It went to politics. At the time when um, when the Greeks 
um, were oppressing the Jewish people. They wouldn't let them uh, uh, practice their religion. Um, they 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 they, uh, they uh, set up a, a statue of, of Zeus in the temple. The Samaritans sided with the Greeks, and the Jews never got over it. They thought of them as traitors. And so later, when the Romans were in charge, the Jews sided with the Romans against the Samaritans as an act of revenge. It was an ugly day. It was an ugly night in Jesus' neighborhood. And so he and a teacher of the law at the beginning of this passage we read are having a debate. Right? They're just kind of, they're, they're circling each other. And, uh, and just like two very learned experts in scripture that they are, I think they're even kind of enjoying it a little bit. They're just, they're having a debate with one another. And, um, and, and the, uh, the teacher of the law begins by asking a classic debate question um, between rabbis. What must I do to make it into the world to come? And uh, in response, Jesus would have had to, uh, to explain um, uh, the, the path of righteousness, the path that leads to uh, making it into the world to come. But Jesus turns around and asks a different question, a classic debate question. He says, well, what does Scripture say? How do you read it? Right? What's your interpretation of the Bible? And so the teacher of the law says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus smiles because he's given this exact answer before. Right? And he says, you are correct, do this and you will live. But the teacher of the law wants to justify himself. Now, sometimes we read this and we think justify himself and we think... Oh, he, he, he's got some sin. He knows he's not living it out. And so, uh, so he wants to justify his lifestyle. But I read it a little differently. I read justify himself as in he wants to win the debate. Right? He doesn't want uh, to, to end the debate at, uh, at, at let's agree. Right? So he, he pulls at the thread a little bit. Well, what does neighbor mean? Who is my neighbor? <laughs> See, if you go back to the original commandment in Leviticus chapter 19 about you shall love your neighbor, it says you shall not bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite or have anything against your own people. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the teacher of the law is asking, who is a fellow Israelite? Who do we call our own people? Right? It's a question we ask today. Who is an American? Who is our own people? Is it based on geography? Is it based on, on politics? Is it based on race? Is it based on religion? How do you decide who is one of us and who is not? And so in response, Jesus tells a story. The story I'm sure you've heard before, right? About a man who's, uh, who's walking from Jerusalem to Jericho. And this is a um, notoriously dangerous road. 
He shouldn't be walking it alone. He should be walking it with the party, but for whatever reason, it's just him out on the road. He turns a corner, and there are some robbers waiting for him. They beat him within an inch of his life. They strip him of all his clothes and take all his money, and they leave him half dead. And that Greek means unresponsive, right? The vultures are circling. And so you know the story. First, a priest passes by. And the priest must think the man's dead. And, uh, and, and he knows that you know, if his shadow passes over a corpse, he's going to have to go get you know, um, uh, uh, ceremonially clean again before he can perform his duties. And that's going to be a hassle. And so he walks on the other side of the road. Likewise, a Levite. An expert in the law, someone who's memorized the recipe book, right? He sees the man within the inch of his life. He walks by on the other side of the road. But a Samaritan is walking by. He sees this man stripped, helpless. He looks dead. But he goes closer and he sees that the man is breathing shallowly. He is close enough to see the mark of circumcision because the man's naked. He knows 100% this is a Jew. We always we, we, we focus when we tell this story on, um, on how much the Jews hated Samaritans, but I don't think we think about how much this Samaritan probably hated Jews, right? As, as he looked down at this man and realized that he was a Jew, his heart was probably hardened a little bit, right? This is one of those southern city dwellers, one of these elites that's constantly looking down their nose at us. One of the people that don't think I'm actually one of God's children because of my mixed ancestry. His grandfather probably killed my grandfather when the Jews invaded Samaria. If I was lying here by the side of the road, he'd probably keep walking. Might even spit on me. He doesn't think any of that, does he? He looks down into that, that man's face and he sees another human being in me. And so he goes above and beyond. He, uh, he takes the, the wine and oil he has. I don't know what purpose he had planned for it, but he pours it in the wound to, to, to clean out the wound and, and to act as a salve, and he bandages the wound, puts the man on the back of his donkey. And then you catch this. He pays the man's medical bills. Someone who saw you by the side of the road might drive you to the hospital. Would they pay your medical bills? And Jesus flips the question around. Not who is my neighbor, but who was a neighbor to the man in need. 
the teacher of the law realizes he's been backed into a rhetorical corner, right? He is lost in debate. The one who showed mercy on him, of course. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Maybe it's an ugly night in the neighborhood. Maybe uh, uh, things aren't the way you remembered it on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood with the, the smiling policeman and, and the smiling mailman and, 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 and everyone's looking out for each other. It just seems like a terrible time. It was for Jesus, too. He still said, go and do likewise. Be a neighbor to the people you see and need. When a car is by the side of the road, you don't look at their bumper sticker to decide whether it's someone you want to help. When someone uh, uh, needing something from you, you don't look at, at the color of their skin to decide if it's someone you want to help. You see human need and you respond to that. Go. You likewise. Of course, there were two mass shootings last weekend and I was, on, uh, I was on Facebook, and this quote from Mr. Rogers was kind of floating around. Maybe some of you saw it. It was Mr. Rogers. He was, he was talking to, uh, to some children during a time of tragedy. He said, you know, whenever I look at the world and it seems scary, I remember something my mother used to say to me. Look for the helpers. When you're watching TV and, and you see um, all these terrible things unfolding, look for the helpers. Look for the, the medics and the firemen and, and the police officers and the people charging into the burning building. Look for the stories of the people that, 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 that shielded their loved ones. Make them famous, not the shooters. Look for the helpers. I believe Jesus would say, be the helpers. Be the neighbor to the person you see and need. Regardless of politics, regardless of religion, regardless of race or geography. If someone is in need and you are passing by in this life, they're your neighbor. The story of a rabbi who's sitting around teaching his disciples. And he poses a question to his disciples. He says, when do you know that night is over and the day has come? The disciples think about this for a second. And one of them answers, you know that night is over and the day has come. When you look out on the hill... And you have just enough light to see the difference between a dog and a sheep. The rabbi says, no, that's not the answer I'm looking for. <coughs> Another one speaks. You know that night is over and the day has come when you're looking out in your yard. 
and you have enough light that you can tell the difference between a palm tree and a fig tree. The rabbi says, no, it's not the answer I'm looking for. So the disciples say, well, rabbi, how do you know that the night is over and the day has come? The rabbi says, when you can look into the eyes of a stranger, and you have enough light within you to see your neighbor. That's when you know that the ugly night is over and the beautiful day has come. See, you get to decide. You get to decide whether it's an ugly night or a beautiful day in the neighborhood by how you react to human need, by how you react to, to, to the people you see around you. You get to decide how much light do you have within you. So is it an ugly night? Looks that way sometimes. But I think it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor?